Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to Family is the Answer, an adoption and foster care podcast. I'm Karina Kuna Henson, Managing Director for Rohe Foundation. Together with Podcast Network Asia, we're here to share resources to inform you and stories to inspire you about adoption and foster care. Hope you enjoy listening. Hi, everyone. I want to welcome you to another episode of the Family is the Answer podcast by Rohe Foundation. My name is Krina, and I am currently the managing director of Rohe Foundation. I have the wonderful privilege of doing this exciting work and being part of the exciting things that our organization is involved in here in the Philippines. And if you've been following us on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and different social media platforms, our website and stuff, you would have known that we recently announced a big milestone for our team, really, that we just received our license to operate as a child placement agency. Super exciting news for us. I hope you're even close to being as excited as we are. It was big news. We worked really hard to get this license. We saw it was really like a miracle for us to have received it towards the latter part of last year. And we're here to tell that story around how we received that license and what the significance of being a child placement agency is about. Not only did it come at a really nice time for us, we started operating officially on February 1st, which was our fourth anniversary as Rohe Foundation, but the journey to receiving that license, that journey to becoming a child placement agency, I thought was really interesting. And I wanted to bring all of you in on that journey so that you would be able to experience, you would be able to hear a little bit about our experiences and how we got to this place. Coincidentally, it was also happening very close to the same timelines as here in the Philippines, the new Domestic Administrative Adoption and Alternative Child Care Act, which was signed into a law almost at the exact same time. And so we'll be talking about that more in upcoming episodes, but just a lot of exciting things, I think, happening in the Philippines and for us in the orphan care space, orphan prevention space that we operate in. We'll give you a little bit more of a background on the orphan crisis in the Philippines, maybe a little bit later, but I just can't do this podcast episode alone. I want to introduce or reintroduce a couple members of our team who are so instrumental at building Rohe Foundation into what it is today. So first, let me start with introducing Sam. Sam Kibot is our director for our child placement agency. She also heads up our orphan prevention services and she is our resident social worker. Hi, everyone. Hey, Sam. So glad that you're here. I'm so excited to have Sam just involved in more podcasts. You'll catch her in more of our stuff. We'll tell you more about that later. And many of you know Jam. Jam has been with us from the very beginning. Jam is the first person I met. She is officially Rohe Foundation's very first volunteer, turned intern, turned staff to we're never going to let her go. She is now our director for advocacy and a graduating law student. Such a big year for Jam and for us. So lots of things for us to celebrate. But Jam, thanks for making time amidst your busy schedule to be with us on the podcast. 
Hey everyone, thank you, Karina. That made me feel old, older, <laughs> just hearing <laughs> the many faces of being with Rohi Foundation. It's but glad true. to be you've, here. You've experienced the whole suite, right? <laughs> From your creepy message to me on Instagram. From being a follower. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just so glad that everything unraveled the way it did. So ladies, thanks for saying yes to doing this podcast with me. I just simply can't tell this story alone. And I think both of you have been so instrumental in getting us to this place, blood, sweat, tears, and lots and lots and lots of prayers and faith have brought us to this place. And I really just want to maybe jump right in to helping people understand what a child placement agency is, or we say CPA all the time. Jam, do you want to jump in and just explain the difference? What is the difference between a CPA and what they call a CCA or child caring agency? Because we get asked all the time. So I think the reason this question is so important is we get asked all the time, where's your children's home or where's the right. orphanage? Or can we come visit or can we volunteer? Like, oh, we want to see the babies. And we're like, right. um, okay, a few steps back. So maybe you can just clarify all that. All right. Yeah, we do get that question a lot. Where are the kids? Can we come visit like during Christmas or, you know, a weekend? And the simple answer that we have, but, you know, it's a simple answer, but very confusing for some is that we do not have one. <laughs> um, that's because um, early on in our work, like the vision was clear to us that we were all about advocating for orphans, for orphan children and getting families to consider adoption. But although that was clear to us, one of the things we discovered along the way was there are actually a lot of children's homes already. So we right. looked into that, why there's a lot of children's homes, but not enough families. And we found that um, very key to that is the difference between a child caring agency and a child placing agency, where right. a child caring agency, just by definition, these are institutions, whether under the government or private ones, um, child caring agency is a residential care service, a residential right. care institution where they provide shelter, food, and really care for children 24 hours, seven days a week. Whereas a child placing agency, these are institutions that are authorized or accredited by the government to actually facilitate, so receive applications and process applications of prospective adoptive parents or facilitate foster care licenses and foster care right. treatments. So th that's the main difference. So one is really providing shelter, providing care for the children. And then the other side of the work or the other end of that journey is really the family side, which we found is the part that we would be involved in more. So, yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was really exciting because Jam, I mentioned you were with us from the start. And what happened was we decided, okay, we don't think we're going to get a child placement agency license because we're so new and we're so young right. that... We didn't even consider applying, right? We thought, okay, let's just be faithful with the advocacy work, right. with educating families, with raising awareness, with trying to develop potential adoptive families, potential adoptive foster families, and let's see what happens. And because of that, we ended up actually successfully doing that. And then ending up with all of these families that are like, hey, so yes, I do want to adopt or yes, I do want to foster, but can you help me? And we're like, um... No, we can't. We cannot. We're not licensed to do that. Yeah, that's true. So, like as I mentioned, the early days of Rohe Foundation, we just found ourselves like really just 
researching, observing, visiting a lot of these institutions, you know, just familiarizing ourselves with the work that we were about to get ourselves into. <laughs> because I mean, like when I started as a volunteer, I knew nothing. Like I had no background in social work. No one in the team did <laughs> at yeah. the time. Which we explains the different... miracle of Sam Kibot, right? Like, I know. <laughs> when Sam entered our world, it was like, Everything wow, the lights went on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But the early days when we were kind of just asking ourselves, you know, what role will play in this whole, in this mission, <laughs> essentially, we found that first, yes, one of our strengths is to advocate, to raise awareness. So mm-hmm. we did that through events. We did that through just organically meeting people, building relationships with families, both families who have experienced adopting or are interested to adopt. And, and so we just immersed ourselves in that kind of work. And after a couple of years, you know, of just building that strong community and right. kind of just positioning ourselves as, I guess, a, a resource mm-hmm. for families like that, we found that the questions kind of evolved from just, you know, merely being what is adoption to how can I actually adopt? How can we apply? How, you know, what are the steps? And so... After a couple of years, we found ourselves in the position of being consultants. Right. Um, in a way, we set up our online consultations, pointing people to the right direction. This is the government office you go to. These are the contact numbers or these are agencies you can go to. We found ourselves being instrumental in that, in pointing people to the right direction. And then the questions evolved some more. Can we apply through Rohe Foundation? What are the steps? How can we adopt through your foundation? Um, And so we kind of looked into that, kind of asked ourselves, what more can we do for these families? Because simply, we were amazed, we ourselves were amazed by the response that actually Filipino families are ready. And so we looked into that and found that the answer would be to actually, instead of being a child-carrying agency or institution, it's actually to apply to be a child basement agency. And that's where Sam comes in. <laughs> Marhaba, I'm Jeric. And I'm Apple. And we're from the Langa Speaks podcast. Coming to you all the way from Dubai. Yalla, join us as we talk about family, faith, and, and everything, everything in between. between. We're brought to you by Podcast Network Asia to remind you Napalanga Kasanjo. Yeah, actually, like Sam, I need you to explain, you know, what is the difference or the benefits of being a child placement agency versus being a child caring agency? How does it address different parts of the orphan crisis? Because the orphan crisis, right, when you think about it, you'll say there's UNICEF will say 1.8 million orphans by definition of an orphan having lost both biological parents, right? 1.8 million orphans in the Philippines and then 90,000 vulnerable children in child caring institutions. And then you go from 90,000 in child caring institutions, you go down to like an average of 250. So really, really, really small part of that puzzle that actually get adopted. So maybe you can explain who's doing what, who's doing the, the child caring institution part, what part of the issue do they CCAs address or orphanages address? And what part of the issue do CPAs or child placement agencies address? All right. So child caring agencies, they address the need, the immediate need of children. They provide the basic needs of children who need homes, children who are surrendered to them. They take care of children who were abandoned by their parents. 
they take in children who are who are foundlings. They also take care of children who were abused by their parents or other people, and they cannot go back to their families yet. They address the immediate need of the children, but it does not stop there. We need child placement agencies in order to take these children from the children's homes and place them with families. So at Murray Foundation, we believe that family is the best placement for a child. It's the best place for them to grow. So for child-caring agencies, we really see the impact that they do for these children. Without them, we don't know where these children will go. But we also believe that despite all their good work, it is not the place for a child to grow up. It's not the place to get the values. It's not the best place for a child to develop, to get their values to grow up. So that is our task, to place children into families so that they get to grow up in a family, they get to experience a home they get to have a good model of how families are so when they grow up it would be easier for them to adjust because in some child caring agencies it's a little difficult for children when they reach the age of 18 they must go out of the child caring agencies and some of these children they do not adjust well because they did not have a good model they are clueless about the outside world so in a nutshell that's how I would explain the functions of a child placement agency and a child caring agency. Right. So actually it seems like a child caring agency or what other people might call a children's home or an orphanage, what you're saying, Sam, is it's a very temporary solution to the orphan crisis. We say this all the time at Druhi, right? Yeah. Like it's very short term. It provides the basic needs, food, shelter, you know, sometimes education, care, but it's temporary because what happens when they age out or if they never get adopted is they're still orphans, right? And so the role of the CCA is to temporarily care for these children potentially until they get adopted or if they never get adopted until they age out, right? And becoming a child placement agency was so important for us because what we were trying to say was that we we need to help educate Filipino families around the truth that the finish line is not a CCA. The finish line is not an orphanage. The finish line for a child is not a children's home. They are not okay just because they have been received into a children's home. Maybe at the bare minimum, they're okay. But that's not the goal. A win for us as a nation, as a society, should be children brought in to families. Children placed in homes, loving homes with families, with somebody to call a family of their own. And that's the role of a child placement agency. It's taking the children that are in the system in institutional care at large, whether it's a government run facility or a private run children's home. It's taking those children and placing them into families, which is why for everybody's information, that's what a CPA does here in the Philippines. And maybe Sam, you can talk a little bit about the two organizations that can actually do placement. And you can talk about the difference between one, the government route, and then private agencies or CPAs and how that differs in the process. All right. For placements, for adoption and foster care, like Rina said, you could go either to the government or through organizations like Murray Foundation. So when you want to adopt or foster to the government, you go to the SWD, but with the new law, you will go to NAC, National Authority for Child Care. So there's not much difference between the process. So it's fairly the same. The difference would just be the fees and then the child placement agency 
agency takes care of your paperwork, process your application, but ultimately, it's the government who would match you with a child or give you the necessary permits in order for you to foster a child. Yeah. So maybe, Jam, do you want to jump in about the benefits of choosing it? And we've actually, in our work, we've gotten to know a lot of other child placement agencies, and they've been very supportive and helping us understand the process and what our role would be. And it's because of them that we decided to get licensed. We became the third licensed child placement agency in the Philippines, which was huge news. And we didn't think we were going to get our license, but we did, much to our delight. But maybe, Jam, can you just share a little bit around what the benefits of working with a child placement agency would be? Because Somebody might be listening, you know, they're wondering which route should I take? What should I do? What's the benefit of each? Do you have any thoughts? And, and when you meet families in our consults, what do you tell them about the benefits of either going with a CPA or working directly with, with our government agencies? Yeah, one of the purposes that our consultations serve is really helping families navigate through their journey and especially the early parts of deciding which route to take, whether it be applying through the government or a private agency. As Sam mentioned, there's not much of a difference when it comes to the process and requirements that still goes under one system, right? It's just the administrative part, which is the first half of the journey, that a child placement agency would really be helpful because with the government process formerly it used to fall under the social welfare department which is very broad in its scope so DSWD which formerly handled adoptions and foster care placements they provide a very broad range of services adoption and foster care just being one off right and so even manpower-wise, you know, they're social workers. They do a lot of different things. They wear different hats, especially during the pandemic where they were also involved in that. And so the role of social workers from there is not really focused on just adoption and foster care. Whereas with a private agency, you have that benefit of a specialized kind of service because, of course, agencies, right. placement agencies like us would be focused on that service, on that program of That's placement. Right. So even our social workers, our staff are really focused on getting these papers out, getting these casework done for families that we serve. So that's one of the main benefits. And it's really hand-holding families through every step of the way, through every step of their journey, from the consultation to the application, the interviews, the home visits, all that. So you would have a dedicated team behind you as you go through the adoption or foster care process. Hey, Joe and Rika here. Are you enjoying this episode? Hope you can also check out our podcast where we talk about a bunch of stuff that we're currently into, our topic of the day, and we can also answer questions from you. Anything Goes! Anything Goes with Joe and Rika is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Powered by Podcast Network Asia. Check us out after listening to this one. Perfect. Super clear. Thank you, ladies, for explaining that. So I'm guessing that some people who are listening to us right now are thinking, okay, great. Thanks for all the info, right? But now I might be interested and I might say, hey, I want to explore further with Rohe Foundation, how to pursue my adoption journey, how to pursue getting licensed as a foster family. What are some of the programs and events that we have lined up 
All right. So if you're planning to start your adoption or foster care journey, you could start with consulting with us. So this is what Sam was talking about earlier. So we're continuing with the consultation. So if you're just starting out and you're just beginning to get the information that you need for adoption or foster care, you could always set a consultation with us. Jam, anything else you want to add about things that people can look out for on the advocacy side that would help them get started on their adoption or foster care journey? Yeah. What are the options and what are the, the potential next steps for them? So um, aside from the administrative help that families can get from the child placement agency side of our work or the, that program, um, our advocacy program is very much actively providing a lot of events, activities and avenues for families to just really be clear about their journey. So one of the ways we do this is really providing a community of families, of you know, fellow adoptive parents or foster parents that can help you. Like we always say this in our consults that we might not have all the answers, you know, as Rohe Foundation or staff, we might not have all the answers to their questions, a lot of their fears and worries as they approach that journey. But the families who have gone before them, you know, the families who have adopted years ago, decades ago, might have those answers. And so we provide an avenue for these families to come together, whether that's through smaller gatherings online, you know, with fellow adoptive moms or events like family is the answer, or it's really just an avenue for them to learn, you know, not just the practical steps, not just the technical steps, but really the emotional journey that comes with it, um, the spiritual support of a community. That's one of the things that our advocacy program does. And alongside that, I think it's really helpful that these families feel supported as we continue advocating for adoption, as we continue creating a culture that celebrates adoption, as we say in Ruby Foundation, putting those messages out there on social media, on these different platforms, where because we put the right message out there about children, about the struggles, the challenges, the joys that come with the adoption and foster care journey, these families feel supported in that sense. And it's really a helpful tool as well for them to communicate and share to their family, their relatives, their friends, so that when the time comes when a child is placed with them, it's not just them, it's not just the immediate family who's prepared for that life, but it's really everybody in their community. And we provide ways to do that. We provide them with articles, with videos, with informative and inspirational stuff so that they're equipped for that life ahead of them. Perfect. And maybe to add to that, I think one of the the really concrete steps that somebody could take if they were interested is to really attend one of our monthly foster care forums or monthly pre-adoption seminars. And maybe Sam, could you give an overview of what to expect from these forums and seminars? We do them month. What can people look out for? What, what's going to happen? And who exactly is that for? So the pre-adoption forums and the foster care forum. So it's a required forum for all parents who want to adopt or individuals who want to foster. In these forums, we will discuss the process, the entire process of adoption and foster care. Uh, we will also discuss the loss behind it and then what are the effects of adoption so everything about adoption and foster care so when you start your journey you are well informed on the process what's the legal basis behind it and everything you need to know before starting your adoption or foster care journey that's right and to be clear it's like if you are considering but pretty much decided or you know you're ready to take steps 
towards actually making adoption and foster care a reality for you, please attend one of our monthly forums and seminars because they will be not only a requirement and a checkbox that you would need to tick, but it would also help you understand what the process is like. And this process is changing which is why it's so important to be up to date so that you would just be informed about, you know, what's new. There have been a lot of questions about how the new adoption law is going to come into play, how that's going to affect the family's journey. And so attending these forums, these seminars really help keep you up to speed on what's the latest news and what do I need to know when it comes to navigating the practical aspect of adoption. And so if you're more concerned about more, am I ready? I'm considering, but I don't know. I have some questions. I have some fears. I need somebody to talk to. Please do reach out to us. We can either schedule a consult with you or invite you to some of our events. We do the Family is the Answer forums. We have a lot of other resources that we could point you towards that would help you address some of those questions and help get you ready to start that journey. Last but not the least, I don't know, maybe just Sam Jam. I just, as we close off, maybe what are you most excited about having received our CPA license and just this new season for RF? It's four years in. Maybe Sam, you want to go first. What are you most excited about? And what are you looking forward to this 2022 as we venture into this new space? I can only think about children being united with their new families, children, place, and home. So, I can only imagine the smiles of the families and the children when they are together. So that's what I'm most excited about. And I look forward to meeting parents and licensing more families so that uh, we could place more children with loving families. It's true. And I love that you said that because as much as we celebrate this license and this milestone for us, really it's on behalf of those children that are still waiting, that are still longing to be placed with a family. Our hope is that this would be the answer for them. So how about you, Jam? What are you most looking forward to? Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to just journeying with the families. You know, we've been around for four years to some that's a short time. You know, we're quite young in this field. But with the number of families we've met along the way, I think this license is an answer, not just to our own prayers, but to the prayers of many. Uh, a lot yeah. of these families we've met along the way, even partner organizations who've been praying with us. This is an answer. And I think aside from our own license, you know, just the timing of a new law being set for them, uh, a new agency being set up for them as well. And then our programs that we're providing starting this year, these are things that are just coming together. And I think that's not just for our sake as Rohe Foundation, but it's really for these families. And so we say this a lot now during our consultations and every time we meet a family that adopting or fostering, I think the time is now <laughs> because of all these things yes. um, just falling into place for them. So yeah. it's really, really exciting for us. I couldn't agree more. I just met with one of the moms from our adoption community. I met with her this morning. We had coffee and she told me that, you know, I'm actually considering we've been thinking about our second adoption. And I thought wow. the time is now, you wow. know, like yeah. it made me so excited. I said, there's no better time. One, we're licensed and now we can actually help you. And two, this new law coming in, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that it's going to really streamline the process. I'm really, really hopeful about it having the ability to having the establishment of the NAC be able to really encourage more families to step out and pursue adoption, pursue foster care, pursue responding to the orphan crisis. So 
Ladies, again, I just wanted to thank you. Thank you for sharing a lot about bringing clarity to what a CPA is and how it's different from a CCA, what our role is going to be. And thank you for the work that you do for the families that come in contact with us. I think the good reputation of Rohe Foundation is really much credit to both of you and to your faithfulness and your passion for this cause. Thank you so much for doing the work that you do so excellently. It just makes me so proud. So thank you guys. And thanks to everybody who's listening. I am super excited to hear from all the families that are going to be getting in touch with us in the next few weeks. I hope that this gives you a little bit of information to help you understand a little bit more about what we do and answer that question of where's your children's home or where's your orphanage or where can I visit the babies? But if you have more questions, do visit rohefoundation.org on our homepage right now. You can get the answers that you need. Um, You can sign up for a consultation. You can sign up for our pre-adoption seminars or our foster care forums. All of that you can do from our homepage. Do check that out. And if you have more questions, you can also email us or send us a message through the website as well, or reach out to us on social media. So that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. I hope that you will stay in tune and more information coming up. Like I mentioned, we do intend to talk a little bit more about the law and the process in this season of our podcast. So do look out for that. That's it for us. Bye guys. That was the Family is the Answer podcast by Rohe Foundation and powered by Podcast Network Asia. If you're interested to know more about adoption and foster care, visit our website at rohefoundation.org where you can find articles, videos, and other resources. You can also find us on social media. We're Rohe Foundation on Instagram and Facebook. Again, thanks for listening and I hope to catch you at our next episode. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.